The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. All right. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast today. Jim Fuller, uh, executive coach, also author, many, many other things, specializing in communication, leadership, you know, anything around communication, leadership in a business or, or even in an organization environment. That's kind of what you do. That's kind of your wheelhouse. Is that, is that fair enough to say? Yeah, it is, Matt. Um, it's become that way anyway. It's interesting as you, you know, follow a path um, of what you're passionate about and interested in and where you can, you know, hopefully add some value to the lives of others, the, the path becomes clearer and clearer as you go along. Well, it has done for me anyway. And so, yeah, I've ended up specializing in communication and leadership. Excellent, excellent. So you're in Australia. That's the thing I love about the technology. You know, there's so many things in the last couple of years weren't so good, but there's a lot of things that were good. And part of it is that you and I probably would never know each other if it, if it weren't for this wonderful technology, because you're in Australia, I'm, you know, on the East coast of the United States, uh, in North Carolina, and we're able to have this conversation about leadership. We're ha- able to have this conversation about communication and it's really, there's just such a world platform now, right. And everywhere. I mean, literally I've spoke, you know, through this podcast, I've spoke to people in probably 20 different countries across the world, right. At different times. And it's just amazing because the one thing I notice, you know, there's some cultural differences a little bit from, from country to country, but the one thing that's consistent is kind of leadership qualities, uh, communication, right? The way we treat people, the way we treat our superiors, the way we treat our employees, the way we treat our business, the way we treat our family, all of that, you know, kind of there's some principles that are kind of universal um, in, in that. Uh, so when you look at you know, you specialize in communication. So on the communication side, what are the things that you think are kind of universal about communication that we all should be thinking about when we're connecting with the rest of the, the rest of the people we call humans, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. And I'll, I'll come to answering it in a sec, mm-hmm. but just to highlight, um, what you've just said, Matt, mm-hmm. it's ultimately important in communication because communication is a, a sharing when mm-hmm. it comes from the Latin word communicatio and it's to make common. Mm-hmm. So the verb um, communicare is to make common, which means we're coming to some sort of understanding. We need to find some common ground. And cross-culturally, it, it's ultimately important to start there first, mm-hmm. to start with what we've got in common before we start exploring our differences mm-hmm. and and beginning to harness the power of diversity. Right. So when, when we have a, a group of very different people culturally, religiously, spiritually, demographically different people sitting around a table coming together to collaborate on solving a problem, say, Mm -hmm. when we can learn to, um, rather than being defensive against difference, 
and 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 kind of crossing your arms and rolling your eyes and shutting the other person down because they've got a different view point of view to you. Mm-hmm. When we can actually do the opposite of that and open up to each other, then we can actually access this beautiful wide range of, of potential solutions to problems. And I think that's what we need to do in communication. And to do that, it works well to start best with what we've got in common. Yeah, t- and totally. mm-hmm. y- you know, you don't need to strip back too many layers to find that, you know, you could be sitting across the table from someone who uh, has been brought up in a completely different environment to you with completely ideas, different ideas of, you know, ideological or political or religious Mm -hmm. ideas than you, but you just strip back a few layers and you realize that they love their children too. They, they need Mm -hmm. food and water. They need shelter. They care. They grieve when a loved one dies. They, they rejoice when a new baby is born into the family, all the same stuff that's at the core of what is emotional for you, they share, you share that, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, anyway, just to that, to that point. And, and then to answer your question around what things do we have in common with communication, something we all have in common is that our ego, our sense of identity, um, which we all have and, and is necessary to some degree to survive in the world. We have to have a sense of who we think we are, but that ego can really get in our way and our ego identifies with our ideas. And our emotions and our experiences, we, that's our sense of who we are in that moment. And it gets very, very defensive, I've noticed. So when someone's idea is challenged, they, they jump to the defense and they're, they're waiting for a gap in the conversation to jump in and stamp their foot and, put, and get their point of view across. Right, right. right. Um, and I think that that's a, a really good thing to be aware of in communication is notice when you're getting defensive and take a breath and mm-hmm. sit back and let go of the need to defend. And open your mind to different points of view. Get curious about how has the other person come to where they've come to in in their thinking. I'm curious, how did you come to believe that, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than being so defensive, which is what the ego does. Mm -hmm. You know, so this, you know, and this is more of a personal, I think, obviously we can apply this. And when we talk about leadership, you know, a lot of times I think other people think, I think you know, like business, right? When you're talking leadership, I'm leading an organization, I'm leading a group of people, but leadership really starts, I, you brought this up pre-show, um, you know, leadership starts, it's an inside job, right? I need to lead myself first before I can mm-hmm. lead anybody else. It's kind of like, um, you know, if, if uh, what, what do they say? Um, something about you go out for a walk and you're the only one there, but, but basically I need to be able to lead and, and uh, lead myself and then I will be given the opportunity to lead others. If I can't lead myself, then yeah, then I'm just out mm. for a walk by me. Nobody's going to be following me, right? There's not going to be anybody yeah. around. And so, yeah. so today, actually, my wife and I were having this conversation and part of the conversation was she was, um, uh, you know, irritated with the ske- our family schedule and then it, it just, but it kept unfolding and unfolding and then, then it was some stuff I'd done and, you know, but she wasn't necessarily complaining. It was just, she was bringing all this stuff up and, and, and finally, there was this just sense of, um, you know, owning one's, um, owning all of a situation, even so, so if I'm estranged from somebody, in, in this case, it, it, it was a family member we were talking about. Um, if I'm estranged from somebody, I have to own like 110% of that estrangement and of that relationship. I can only really mend or fix anything. If I'm owning a hundred percent, doesn't matter what the other person did to me. It can't be the apology of I'm sorry, but you did this and it triggered me, right? That's not, 
that's yeah. not what I'm talking about, right? It's got to be communication, yeah. at least from my standpoint, leading myself is no matter what the other person did, I reacted or I said something or I did something and I have to own 110% of that. It doesn't matter what they did because I wasn't leading myself. I wasn't checked in with my emotions. I wasn't checked in, right? I got defensive. It hit a trigger and boom, there we yeah. are. There we have it, right? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but effective communication, to your point, you have to get curious, but, you know, what happens, you know, when somebody steps on our toes, not even knowing that they're stepping on our toes, right? Because we all have these, I'll call them triggers. We all have this trauma. We all have stuff that we're carrying around in bags. Mm. And when somebody pokes us or hits that right button, they don't even know yeah. that they've hit the right button. They've just hit that button yeah. that takes us back to five or six or seven years old or what, you know, a parent yeah. thing or a, a relationship that went wrong. How do we manage those triggers when they get, when they get triggered? Yeah. I, I love this conversation. I, I've given you a lot to play with there, Jim. There's a lot to play <laughs> with there. Um, so I'll start with the most recent part that you yeah. spoke about then. And just also to be clear and to delineate now, I, mm -hmm. there's a clear line, a clear difference between someone doing something to you, quote unquote, right. doing something to you physically. Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. And emotionally, mentally, psychologically, yep. a little, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, so if yep. someone comes up and punches you, then <laughs> um, <laughs> they've punched you and you might need to go to hospital, right? That's a different story. So I'm not talking right. about anything physical, right. but anything that anyone says or um, acts in a particular way or does or doesn't do something, whatever, quote unquote, to you. Mm -hmm. A really functional way of looking at that is that they're not doing it to you. And like you said, Matt, they might not even be aware of what they mm -hmm. have done or not done. They're not do doing it to you. Everyone can only be in relationship really ultimately at the, at the bottom of it all with their projection right. in their mind of life. Mm -hmm. So when mm -hmm. someone's looking at you, they're receiving the information through the environment around them, what they can see and hear and taste, touch, smell through their senses. They're receiving bits of information, which they are formulating as a projection in their mind of you. Mm -hmm. Now that projection, their, their um, perception of you is completely flavored by their past. Right. So you could have 10 people standing in a room who know you and ask them to describe you in detail and you'll get 10 slightly different versions of Matt. Mm -hmm. Right, because that everyone insane, can only that I'm funny, yeah. that I'm intelligent. Right? No, it'll, it'll, <laughs> it would all be exact gem for me personally. You know what I mean? Be the, it would just be like the best guy ever. Right? So humble. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell my wife all the time, I'm ultra yeah. humble. <laughs> there you go. But, but so you'll but, get yeah. these ten slightly different right. versions, versions of, of, of this right. wonderful, amazing man, Matt. Right? right? Yes, exactly. Um, and that's because everyone's, you know, their version of you is flavored by their past, not right. not you, but their you. So when anyone does something quote unquote to you, they're actually doing it to the projection of you in their mind. So it's actually not personal. They're not doing it to you. And so to come back to your point around when someone accidentally or, or intentionally, mm -hmm. um, figuratively steps on your toes or pushes a button and, and you get triggered in that moment, the practice is to remember that that trigger is your trigger to do with your past, your childhood. The person who's done it you know, behaved in whatever way that has, you've been triggered by, um, they're just living their life, you know, and whether their intention was to upset you or not, that's their business. Mm -hmm. right. Your business is to, in that moment go, oh, wow, I've been triggered right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is my stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, this is an opportunity actually for me. Mm -hmm. And I love this, um, Michael Singer wrote about this in his oh, book, yeah. The Untethered Soul. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has a beautiful practice in there where he mm-hmm. says, when you get triggered, step one is actually gratitude for being right. triggered. Exactly. Not, because, <laughs> yes. you know, I'm grateful I've been triggered right now because whatever trauma, mm-hmm. big or small, right. that was subconscious has now become conscious. Conscious, yes. And you can't, you can't let go of something when it's subconscious because you're not aware of it. Mm-hmm. When it comes into your conscious awareness, now you have the opportunity to smooth out the creases from the past, to let that mm-hmm. go again. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the practice is, you know, just say my partner um, mm-hmm. does or doesn't do something and I get triggered by that. Right. First step is to realize that it's my, it's my trigger, not hers. Right. <laughs> she hasn't done anything to me. She's just done whatever, but right. I've been triggered to owning it, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then it's gratitude. It's like, oh, wow. Well, I'm grateful I just got triggered then because now I have the opportunity to let that go again. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, but how do you let it go? What do you actually mm-hmm. do to let it go? And I combine a, f- a sense of physicalization. So I mm-hmm. lift up my shoulders and I take a big deep breath in, mm-hmm. emotional and psychological. So I take mm-hmm. a big deep breath in and, I, and then I sigh and I drop my shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I combine that with language because words are powerful. And I say, I let this go. Mm-hmm. So I take a deep breath in, lift my shoulders up and sigh and let this go. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I find that a useful way of, of letting things go. Mm-hmm. And especially in the moment, right? That's something you do in the moment. Oh, right? in the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My partner, Talia smiles and she knows what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're like, she's I'm like, trying not to oh, yell at you. you. Just, just yeah, give me did a second. Did you just I'm get triggered then? <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, yes, let me, <laughs> let, let me. Let me not take it out on you. Because that's what we do, right? The ones we, you know, especially spouses and people that are the kids, people that are close to us, right? They're around us all the time. So they have yeah. every opportunity to mirror the stuff that we don't want to see in ourselves or the stuff that we yeah, don't want to address because yeah. it was painful. But you know, we're not the same yeah. person we were five years, 10 years, 30 seconds no. ago, right? Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. So, so like, my, again, my wife and I were talking this morning and she was obviously, you know, something was triggering her. And so she was bringing that to me and I was consciously breathing. Right. Cause I was like, yep. okay, you know, I, th- something's happening. And, and ultimately what came from me was one gratitude too, was I could see how much in pain she was. Right. Versus yeah, yeah. knowing that even though she's telling me things that she would like me to do differently, it wasn't yeah. really, a, it wasn't really about me because there was something deeper. And eventually after a while, we talked for about an hour and after a while, she realized that there's some, some things that she could do, write, write some letters to some people in our mm. lives that are important mm. to her and important to me, um, and ask for forgiveness, right? Ask for forgiveness yeah. because she, she yeah. feels conflict, you know, in those relationships and she doesn't want to feel that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I thought that was beautiful. I thought it was, wow, that's really good that she, she got to that point. Um, and I'm not yeah. saying we have to do that in every relationship, but I do think to your point about gratitude, we have to find that. Um, and I think that. I want to say there's a certain level of work or maturity, um, personal mm. maturity, leadership maturity, whatever you want to, that we have to get to, to be able to do what you just did, right? Mm. Which is to, to actually be conscious and aware that when people are, when we're getting triggered, when I'm getting upset, I'm getting defensive, I'm getting whatever, that that's, mm. you know, I, it's hard to own it in the moment. It is. Yeah. And it's just practice. It's practice, practice, right. practice. I found it you know, it's challenging to own it. Yeah. It's like, it's like exercise. You you don't kind of get good at exercise and then stop exercising. The idea with exercise is you do it for as long as you can throughout your life or meditation for me, you know, I, you know, you don't get good at meditation and then stop meditating. It becomes a a practice. And so it's the same with this self-awareness and self-okayness work. 
you know, that you just, it's a practice and you do, you do get better at it. But the, the beautiful thing about it, Matt, is that the better that you get at recognizing when you're getting in the way, your own way of, of being there for someone else, letting it go. And then you can do what you, what you were talking about, which is be really present for the other person. And in this case, your partner, mm-hmm. or you can be really present for them because you've put, you've been able to let go of your own stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're not your own stuff, your own past associations and triggers are not getting in the way now. And you can sit there and be really present for them. And, and, you know, some fundamental communication strategies sounds like the wrong word, but mm-hmm. ways to communicate mm-hmm. when your partner is expressing to you that they're upset about this, that, and the other, that you listen with all of you, mm-hmm. you're not distracted. You're completely present and listening. Repeat back, hey, I've, what I've heard you say is that when I do this and this and this, you feel upset. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, you are hearing me. You are listening to me. And you, and you don't try and fix anything. <laughs> right. It's quite often the, 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 the masculine energy wants to jump <laughs> right. in and of fix course, the feminine problems. Right, of and course. And the feminine is like, don't fix me. <laughs> right, trying right. to express myself. Right. right. So you just sit and listen and, re- and repeat back and let them know that you're hearing what they're saying and, and your partner will move through whatever they need to move through with you holding space for them to do that. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to take any credit or any, I mean, uh, I, I'm not saying, Hey, look, I did this great. There's plenty of, I mean, ultimately I'd, you know, over the past, I don't know, two or three days, I'd done some stuff that I didn't do great. That's why we were in this conversation. It wasn't yeah. like, you know, I'm not no. trying to pretend I'm a master at this, to your point, it's a constant no. practice, but, but yeah. in, in that conversation, ultimately I was really focused as, you know, I was listening to you know, I love my wife. I want to see her happy. I want to see her enjoy. I want to see her out of pain. Right. Yeah. But I'm not, but I'm not going to try to fix this or speed it up. There was at a certain yeah. point though, after a while that I was listening, that I, that I was asked some questions that then we could go a little bit deeper into. Yeah. Because I realized that the trigger, she'd given me enough examples that weren't just me. There were other people in our lives that the trigger was, deeper. she was experiencing it in more in more areas than just me. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, we're, and I would also say that she's done a ton of work, probably even more than I have in some ways. And so yeah. we were able to, we were able to hold the tension. It wasn't like yeah. that this was, this wasn't, it didn't, I'm sure in the moment it didn't feel loving to my wife, even though I was telling her that I loved her and telling her I was holding a space of love. There was still, yeah. I still, I was still bringing the masculine energy and she was still bringing feminine energy and we were still very yeah. much, um, uh, there was you know, the tension doing, there. The, the tension and we were doing the dance. There was moments where there was just silent because we were over the phone. So, you know, uh-huh. there was, there were moments there where there was probably three or four minutes of just nothing being said, just silence because it was like, yeah, let's just, but you yeah. weren't, but you weren't running away from it. You weren't, no, kind of, you know, doing the old, well, obviously you need some time and space. So I'm just going to go off. And... <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Which, which is a tendency in the busy world we live in, right? With employees, is, yeah. with, with partners, with children. I notice I do that with my kids, but there is that tendency to think, oh, I, this other thing is urgent or I'm in the middle of this thing. Uh, you know, I'm in the middle of a, a business deal or I'm in the middle of trying to get this thing done. And then especially now yeah. that our lives are kind of a lot of our lives are work. Uh, I mean, home life, work life, but it's all in the same space, right? If I'm a lot of yeah. people working remotely now, it's even more like, well, yep. you know, dad's got to do this or I, you know, I, this is my work time. And they're like, well, but I need a snack. Right. And so there's that, yeah. <laughs> I guess, space we, we have to navigate in that communication. But yeah. I think being yeah, true. allowing, I guess, for that presence uh, to, to be present, or if, 
I would think another way, if you can't be present, then for me, it's like, okay, we need to schedule a time. Yeah. That, that yeah. Yeah. Come and it's back. quality time. Right. Yeah. Was, Being so present is quality, not quantity. Right. When you are completely present with someone, you can fill their cup uh, in terms of them feeling the, how much you love them and their cup then over, overflowing with love in whatever context that is, whether it's your romantic partner or your children or a friend or a colleague, whatever it is. When you are completely present with them and it's a mindfulness practice, their cup fills very quickly and you might only need 10 minutes of presence and that's worth six hours of distracted time together, you know? So right. yeah, it, right. it doesn't have to take a, a lot of time. And coming back to something else you said before, mm -hmm. Matt, which I think is an important communication distinction. When you are communicating to someone, if you do feel to communicate to this person, when they um, do this particular thing, rather than saying, when you do that, you trigger me, rather right. than saying that, you say, right. when you do that, I, I feel triggered. I get triggered yes. and I know that's mine to work yep. on and I, and it's an opportunity for me to continue to grow and improve. However, I love you and we're in relationship together and I want you to know where I'm at because I want right. to communicate with you so that you're not just thinking I'm, you know, in a terrible mood and sulking in the corner. I want you to know what I'm going through, but I'm owning it. You know, right. I think that's yeah. an important distinction. And I think, yeah. And I think that's where the respect and the love and the appreciation for the other person is, right? Cause it's not like, mm. I mean. Because a lot of times if we're in a trigger, this has been usually been around for decades. This isn't like it's our, the yeah, first yeah. rodeo. And so it is painful. Yeah. It's like kind of like, yeah. you know, kind of like an analogy of you gave earlier, but it, it's almost like we did get punched in the face, even though, yeah. even though we didn't, it's, and it's our stuff. It's still our stuff. Hurts. Yeah, it still <laughs> right? hurts. It still hurts. Yeah. It doesn't. But yeah. I think to your point, owning just, you know, even, even with the sigh, you know, practice where it's just the breathing in and letting we're just taking yep. a step back and taking a deep breath. But, but because a lot of times, I guess when I get triggered, uh, in a community, in, in communication, I don't know where, wh you know, I just, I'm just either pissed or I'm, you know, what internally I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next few seconds. And can I avoid yeah. making it a mess? Sometimes yeah. I can, sometimes I can't, but it's not yeah. like I'm super conscious enough to go, Oh, I see when I was 10 years old that my dad said this. And that, I mean, it, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, at least for me, that doesn't typically happen in seconds. That's more like a contemplative no. thing after yeah. I've calmed down. Yeah. And I don't think you need to know exactly what the trigger was and pinpoint mm. it back to a time in your life or an event or whatever in the moment when you're, right. when you're het up, you know, you're, you've been triggered and you're emotional and you're feeling frustration or, or even anger or whatever emotional state you're in. Mm-hmm. Even just to be aware, oh, wow, I'm, I'm in a heightened state right now. I've become triggered over something and I'm in a heightened state. As if you can even just be aware of that and take right. a deep breath. And I let it go. Not even being conscious of what the trigger is related right. to in the past, you know, right. but just to be aware that I've been triggered right now and that I'm heightened and I'm just going to breathe, you know, even just that, you know, as you, as you, um, remember the mm -hmm. bosses or the leaders that mm -hmm. you've um, right. worked with that are inspirational and functional in that way, non-reactive, they mm -hmm. are thoughtful right. and measured in their response. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, even if they're aware of this or not, they've developed the ability of equanimity, mm -hmm. which, right. is, which is to be non-reactive and to be calm and centered. Uh, it's the same for me, Matt. I look back over the bosses that I most admired and, and was most inspired by, and it was the ones who 
whose emotions didn't get in the way of right. the greater good, you know, because mm-hmm. when you're a, when you're working in the role of a leader, it's a, it's a role of service. Yeah. You're there mm-hmm. to serve. Right. And, and to do that, you need to be able to get out of your own way so that you're not getting in the way of the service of the greater good of the team or the organization or whatever it is. And so your ability to, um, be non-reactive, like you were saying, to be measured, thoughtful, mm-hmm. contemplative, but also to create an environment where the people in your teams feel safe enough to have a crazy idea or right. to share what they, what they're feeling or thinking, or, you know, to, to draw on their experience mm-hmm. rather than you, t- you know, talking over the top of them all the time and telling people how it should be and allowing your emotions to drive the, the current situation. That's, you know, that's pretty poor leadership. Yep. Yes, Totally. And so, yeah, either in our personal lives or our business lives, it all comes back down to, I think, that self-awareness, that being able to regulate mm-hmm. our state. And then I think, you know, the more, the more um, we have the practice of being contemplative, the more we start to relate to others because we're not coming from pain, but we can see the, their pain, right? We can see kind of the, mm-hmm. or the confusion. A lot of times for me, it's I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I found that I'm especially now more of an introvert. So I've got to be conscious of the fact that even though I'm communicating, I'm not necessarily doing it externally. Right. So there yeah. may, I may yeah. be having a conversation, but nobody else can hear it. Right. Yeah. And, then, yeah, yeah. and, and no, and nobody can read my mind. It's like, oh, wait a second. Did I not say that out loud? I thought I'd, I, so yeah. it's almost, it's almost, I think sometimes for me, the practice needs to be probably to over communicate to some degree because I have yep. a tendency to under communicate just because. That's kind of been my nature. So I've got to yeah. be conscious of, okay, I, I probably need to share with people more what's going on so that they're less confused yeah. when I say, yeah. oh, we're going to do this. And they're like, why? You have not talked about that. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Just, just listening to you then um, reminded me that for anyone, your natural way, um, there, there can be a strength in that, but the, the, the double-edged sword to that is that it can also get in your way. And I was just thinking about one of the leaders that I was coaching last year and he talks and 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 takes five minutes to say something that he could say in one sentence. Right, right, right. So, so the work for him to do in terms of improving his leadership communication was to say way less, right, much less. Whereas for somebody who doesn't communicate enough, mm-hmm. the work for them in their leadership might be, oh, they might not know what I'm thinking right now. I should probably communicate that. Right. So it's interesting that, you know, your natural, <laughs> what you naturally, your natural way, right. yes, it's, yes, it's your strength and it's your natural way, but also in there lies a, a, a direction towards what you should be developing as well. <laughs> to be more balanced, right? More balanced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's funny. Yeah. And I, I have had. People, and I'm sure I've been some, at some point uh, that way, but yes. And, and maybe the correct term there is effective communication, right? Not Effective, not, yeah. Right. I used to have a business partner and he communicated much like you're talking about. He communicated a lot, but you could just see people around the room glaze over because <laughs> it was just stuff that they didn't care about. And I felt um, like, you know, yeah. and everybody's sitting there like, okay, we have to listen to this guy because he technically he's in a position of authority, but nobody really cares what his story is. And he was just so unconscious of it, right? He was unconscious that yeah. the room yeah. was kind of, and so it was lack of self-awareness, it, right? Lack yeah. of self. So it was communication, but it was ineffective communication versus effective yeah. communication. Yeah. So I, I speak about conscious communication. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's the book, the first book that I've written mm-hmm. and 
Um, just recently got signed a publishing deal with a publisher oh, nice. out of Miami in Florida, which is uh -huh. cool. Yeah. Because uh, they're wanting to, me to write a, a series uh, of mm -hmm. the art of conscious communication mm -hmm. books. Uh, and so when I talk about conscious communication, to be more conscious in any moment is to, to be more aware. Mm -hmm. You know, when right. you're conscious of something, you're aware of it. So it's really just the practice of being more aware of the communication. And the communication is not just being more aware of me. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a part of it because I'm in the conversation, mm -hmm. but it's being more aware of you and, and anyone else in, the in, in this communication. It's being aware of the purpose of the communication. Why are we even having this conversation? What's the higher purpose of it? Right. You know, and to bring that into the context of leadership, you know, you might say, why do I have to go and have this tough conversation with this person in my team and give them constructive criticism? Why? Well, I need to go and give them, tell them what they've done wrong. Yeah, but why? Well, because I don't want them to do that again. Why? why? Oh, because I want them to get better at their job. Great. Why do you want them to get better at their job? Oh, well, because I want to see them thrive. Right. Ah. So now I'm getting to the real reason of why I need to have this conversation with this person. So I'm having this conversation with them because I want to see them thrive. And that's actually a good place to start the conversation. Mm -hmm. totally. To let yeah. them know why we're having this communication. In the context of a romantic relationship, you know, mm -hmm. your partner may have done that thing that they do and you got triggered and you're upset. Right. And you're thinking, I really need to go and, I really need to go and tell them how upset I am. Why? Well, because I want them to see me upset. Why? Well, because they, I want them to know that thing they do really upsets me. Why do you want them to know that? Well, because I don't want them to do it anymore. Why? Because I want us to be in harmony. Oh, really? Why? Well, because we love each other and I want us to be in that beautiful state of blissful love and harmony. Ah, so now you're starting to get to the real reason why you want to have this piece of communication because you love them and you want to be in a state of harmony with them. Right? So this is the way to approach the communication itself. And even when you go to have that conversation with your wife or husband or partner, mm -hmm. to start with that and say, hey, I'd love to have a chat with you because I love you so much and, mm -hmm. and I'm always seeking harmony between the two of us. So I wanted to share with you where I'm at, just so, you know, blah, 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 and then you mm -hmm. go on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so this is being more conscious about the, the, the communication. So I think what we'll do is we'll just share your cell phone with all of the people listening. And then when, whenever we're about ready to get in, into a situation where if we know we're triggered, I think we'll either just text or call you and you just give us like the lead in line. Is that right? Just, just give us the the kind of the, okay, start from, I love you. Yeah. I want us yeah. to be, you know, I want us to be yeah. more in harmony. And I would like to express this or that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, there's lots of examples in my book. If, if you yeah, want to yeah. read the book, there's a, a ton of different, real-time examples and lots of stories from my life in there. It's a, it was actually quite cathartic uh, writing the book and then mm -hmm. publishing it because I'm very open and vulnerable and I share mm -hmm. um, some of my most challenging chapters in my life and what that was like for me. Um, I didn't hold back. I just kind of, yeah, it was, it was a cathartic process writing it. And then next thing I knew I, I was publishing it and then it was available to the world and it was like, oh, okay, people are going to know me a whole lot better now. But it was also good because it, it wasn't, it's not really about me. It's about stories that hopefully help people relate and go, oh, wow. Yeah. I go through that too. And, and, and then some suggestions of, oh yeah, let me try approaching the communication in that way. You know? Totally. No, I appreciate that. What, and so what is the name of the book? Just for people that are curious. So the, yeah. So the first one is the art of conscious communication for thoughtful men. Mm. Um, 
And, and that was published. I published it here in Australia. It's available on Amazon and mm -hmm. Booktopia and my website. It's available everywhere. And it's currently being revised. So the second mm -hmm. edition and the editing team in Miami literally just sent me the manuscript last week mm -hmm. with, with the edit suggestions. Um, they're pretty small, but they've asked me permission to Americanize the spelling. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the word organization, for example, here in Australia, we have an S rather than a oh, Z, yeah. Z, right. Z yeah. and, uh, and things like that. So they're going to Americanize the spelling. Um, but that's a, that's a trifle. That's a small thing. I said, yeah, whatever. I don't mind as long as the essence of the sure. message gets across, you know, yep. it's a proper published book. You can get a hard copy. You can't, it's not available on audio books yet. Mm -hmm. Um, I have recorded it, but again, my new publisher, Mango Publishing mm -hmm. in, in Miami, they're deciding whether they want me to mm -hmm. narrate it. Mm -hmm. Which I really hope they say yes, because it's written very with the Australian colloquialisms. It's right, written, right, 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 right. With in Australian voice, slang. Obviously, it's in it's your a, voice. In my voice, you know, yeah, and yeah. I've already recorded it. I've got all the recordings right. are sitting there. So I'm hoping they want to use my recordings. Um, but anyway, one way or another, it will become available on um, Audible this year. Oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. And so people have, if people have other questions, um, if they want to reach out and just say, Hey, Jim, I, I've got a question about this or that, or, yeah, you know, and I know you do work with companies and corporations and you do, you know, executive coaching and coaching as well, but I think it's just yeah. Jim, jimfuller.com, right? That's it. jimfuller.com. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a contact form on there and please reach out to me. I am still at this stage, um, reasonably accessible, you know, right. and, I, and I hope to stay this way. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you email me and go, Hey, I've got a question, I'll answer it. Yeah. yeah. And it's spelled uh, J E M, not G. Yeah, the that's right. When I say J E M, J E M Fuller. Uh, not, thank you. Not G E M Fuller, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's very cool. Well, yeah, thank you for this uh, very uh, good conversation today. I think you know the more there's conversations being had about communication, right? The, yeah. the better, the better that we can become, and the more we can lean into the practice of communication. So I think what you're doing, your work, is very important. Yeah, thanks, Matt, and and. You know, to anyone listening to this, um, if you're anything like me, when we look at the, the state of play globally, it, it can seem a little bit overwhelming or it can seem a little bit disheartening to look at, you know, the wars and the, and political situations and, you know, these, these kind of poles of difference, mm -hmm. especially through the digital world and, you know, the cancellation culture and people shouting at each other and becoming really divided. And, you know, if you're consuming mainstream news, it, it can be really disheartening and we can think, oh, well, I can't do anything to fix this. And, and what I believe, which is really quite a, a Buddhist philosophy as well, I believe that starting at home, starting with yourself and the quality of the communication that you have with yourself, and then with those around you, your loved ones, and then with those around you in terms of your community and the people that you work with, if you can start by improving your part in any piece of communication that you're involved in, that makes a difference, believe it or mm -hmm. not. You know, when we get enough of us making a difference to our own lives, that actually tips the scales of the evolution of humanity in the right direction. And I think it's really important to do. I agree. 110%. So, Jim, it's been such a pleasure and it's so fun talking to you in Australia. What time is it in Australia? It's at five o'clock almost East Coast. What, what time are you? You're probably yeah, I, we, 5 I think we're at like, you know, no, 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 it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I think it's like 8.30 That's in the morning. So it's gosh. very, very reasonable. Yeah. Gosh. yeah well, well, good morning then.
<laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, and, and by the way, I'm in the future, so I can let you know that the sun d- does come up tomorrow. <laughs> can you give me the lottery numbers? Can you give me the lottery uh, numbers? Since you're be, in the future, can you give me the that'd lottery That'd be neat, numbers? wouldn't it? Yeah. Yes, it would. <laughs> it's such a pleasure. I know we'll be visiting again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, vibe, B-I-B-E.com. Thank you for listening.